0: You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Locked On Pirates. I hope you guys are having a great Monday March 29th as the Pittsburgh Pirates are just a couple of days away from their opening day game against the Chicago Cubs and I am very excited as you can hear and of course I am your host here at Locked on Pirates who does the most Ethan Smith so glad to be talking to you guys again as I enter my first season of covering the Pittsburgh Pirates for you guys in the regular season and today episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Today's episode, once again, is brought to you by BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. And to start off the podcast today, of course, the biggest storyline heading into the season is how Key Brian Hayes will play in 162-game season. But how does his first 24 games compare to other Pirates greats. So, we're going to start out by saying some other stats from uh, other notable players across Pirates history. I mean three, from three different eras. Uh, So one, you'll, you'll kind of get the eras after a while. And we're going to start with Barry Bonds. And again, keep in mind, these stats are from their first 24 games as a Major League player. So, of course, this was before they were, like, ridiculously good. This was before they were Hall of Famers. This was before they were, like, winning a World Series or bombing them out every single time they hit the baseball. But to start with Barry Bonds, uh, so the stats that I went into were at-bats, hits, average, home runs... RBIs, run scored, on base percentage, and slugging percentage. I feel like that was a good measure. I didn't really want to go into like OP, uh, OPS plus and um, a bunch of other things, but either way, so in Barry Bond's first 24 games as a major league player for the Pittsburgh Pirates, he had 87 at bats, 23 hits, a 264 average, five home runs, 13 RBIs, 16 runs scored, a 390 on-base percentage and a 540 slugging percentage for your first 24 games. That's not bad. He cemented the fact that he was going to be a power hitter pretty early on in his career. I mean, right out of the gate, really, with those kind of stats. And of course, we all know Bonds uh, started his career in Pittsburgh in 19, I believe it was 86, 83. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll, yep, 1986. And, I mean, you look at his home run total, he had 16 home runs in his first year, 25 in his second, 24 in his third, 19 in his fourth, and then he kind of went on that, like, really big trail of having a lot, uh, 33, 25, 34, and then I don't think he ever hit below 30 again, except in 2005, 2006, and 2007 when he was rounding out his career. But, not some bad stats for Bonds, obviously, I mean... That's, of course, his first 24 games. Now, let me also give you a disclaimer. 24 games is kind of a, like, very small sample size, but it can still give you an idea because 24 games, as you'll see with the next two, usually at least gives you over 80 at-bats. So that's that's a decent sample size. Now, of course, a guy like Key Brian Hayes this year will probably have way more than that, obviously, um, but... We will have to wait and see. Next, I start with Andrew McCutcheon. Now, we all know Andrew McCutcheon rose on the scene after being drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the rest is history. He had a great 2013 through 2015 stretch of years where he also won the National League MVP in that stretch. But in his first 24 games, McCutcheon had the most at-bats of anybody on this list with 105, uh, I believe the most hits of anybody on this list, or actually second most hits, with 31, a 295 average, one home run, 18 RBIs, 16 runs scored, 345 on base percentage, and a 457 slugging. For you guys at home, by the way, for everyone listening, I do want you to write these down. So if you have to pause and then write it all down just so you can kind of see it for yourself instead of having to rewind and go back and forth, that might help you. But um, McCutcheon as well, we already know McCutcheon is a mainstay in Pittsburgh, even though we did trade him to the San Francisco Giants after it was pretty evident that that team was never winning a World Series, even though it was one of the best teams in baseball for about a good three or four years. Um, McCutcheon's still doing really well in the league. He's now in Philadelphia. We all know that. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him come back to Pittsburgh and retire Uh, possibly retire number 22. I don't know if it will ever get retired. Speaking of, they do need to retire 21 universally, but um, McCutcheon had a good start to his career. Obviously, of course, age has kind of hit him now a little bit more. So he is kind of on that downspring. but he's still doing good. I mean, he still did well in Pittsburgh. He brought winning baseball back to Pittsburgh for the first time since the early nineties. And everybody has to be very happy for that. Um, But then we go to arguably, if not the greatest pirate of all time in Roberto Clemente. Now Clemente obviously played in an era of baseball that was much different than baseball is now, especially in his rookie year. I believe his rookie year was 1955. If you need to fact check me on that, uh, just let me know. But ironically, uh, Clemente had a very interesting start to his career as well. Uh, He started very hot. Like he was really big, and then I think his numbers dipped a little bit. But uh, in his first 24 games, he had 96 at bats, 28 hits, a 290 average, two home runs, 11 RBIs, 12 runs scored, a 318 on base percentage, and 470 slugging. So you look at Clemente, and the average is there. But he didn't really have many RBIs. He didn't really have many runs scored because he did have a lot of games in those first 24 games. If you go look it up, I used a baseball almanac to compile all this. Um, You go look at those games and there were some games where he'd have four RBIs and then others where he had zero. It just happens. It's baseball. But Clemente, obviously, his career ended short uh, because of the plane crash and everything. But he will still go down as one of the greatest outfielders of all time, let alone probably the greatest outfielder or player in Pirates history. And in his first 24 games, I mean, that's some good numbers. Like, he was hitting the baseball pretty well. He just wasn't really hitting it out of the ballpark like he eventually learned how to. But that was it. And those are the three players that I use kind of as a basis. Because we know Key Brian Hayes is pretty much the one guy on the Pittsburgh Pirates right now that is going to be here for a while. So, hopefully you have those other three written down, uh, as I do. And now we're going to tell you about what should be recency, because, I mean, it just happened last September. But Key Brian Hayes' first 24 games as a Pittsburgh Pirate, which, again, we're in a 60-game season, so almost half the season. 85 at-bats, 32 hits, a 376 average, 5 home runs, 11 RBIs, 17 runs scored, a 442 on-base percentage, and a 682 slugging. Now, he had the least at-bats of the four guys I mentioned. He had the most hits by one, beating McCutcheon. He had the highest average... Easily, as none of the other three guys e- even hit over 300 in their first 24 games. Hayes hit almost 400. He had five home runs, which was tied with Barry Bonds. He had 11 RBIs, which was tied for last with Clemente. He had the most runs scored, with McCutcheon and Bonds scoring 16 each. He had the highest on-base percentage, with Bonds being the closest. He had easily the... easily the... Uh, best slugging of all of them now don't get me wrong i only did this for fun i just want you guys to see how good key brian hayes was in his first 24 games when you compare him to three other guys who ended up becoming mainstays in pittsburgh and will forever go down as some of the greatest pirates players ever hayes is going to be fun to watch this year and on wednesday when i do my division day crossover podcast with lucas smith of um locked on cardinals don't worry we're not uh Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Hayes treats the Dylan Carlson and Sixto Sanchez, um, competition for rookie of the year, because if he can like find a competitive drive that early in his career already, and what we've seen from him in spring training, I believe he's almost leading the National League in doubles or the uh, Cactus League in doubles. Um, but yeah. Like, I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys. Hayes had a really good year last year, albeit it was only in 24 games and the Pirates were easily the worst team in baseball. But you really look at it, if he can start the first 24 games of the season like that again with those exact stats, like those exact stats, maybe with like a little more at-bats and everything, but 85 at-bats. And he had five home runs, 11 RBIs, and a six, six, uh, 682 slugging. Like, he was good. But take that as you will. And I will post this on Twitter as well at Locked On Pirates if you guys want to see it. Uh, I will kind of compare it and then be like, okay, well, which, uh, like, how do you feel about it? But I mean, it's, it's just something fun. I like dwelling in the stats a lot. Just like if you want to dwell in the stats and have yourself some help. Betting on sports, going into stats sometimes can help you, and betonline.ag should be your source for all of your betting needs. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Meaning that if you sign up for your free account, they will give you free money with your first deposit to bet on March Madness, baseball, basketball, hockey, etc. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the departure of the Todd Father himself. Todd Frazier, and we will be right back. All right, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Pirates. Again, I hope you guys are having a fabulous Monday. It's the last Monday before we have regular season baseball. And speaking of, if you need something to, uh, you know, catch up on what's going on on sports today, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of local experts, including March Madness, including baseball, basketball, football, etc. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Now, going into the spring training, it was very fun to have a guy like Todd Frazier in uh, camp with the young guys like Key Brian Hayes and uh, other guys, but they lost that veteran presence as over the weekend Todd Frazier opted out of his minor league contract. Um, The 35-year-old, of course, uh, agreed to that contract, I believe, back in February, and the immediate immediate impact of it was, okay, Frazier's going to help Key Brian Hayes a lot. Like, he's going to be that veteran presence that Hayes needs. Uh, he can also help Colin Moran, uh, as Colin Moran has been hitting better against lefties, but Frazier obviously hits better against uh, uh, lefties because he's a right-handed hitter. Um, and, of course, I mean, you look at what Frazier was doing in camp. I mean, he slashed 250 average, 353 on on-base percentage, 643 slugging. And this team already, I can tell you, power is going to be an issue with this team. Uh, Frazier led the team in home runs with three over the course of 12 games. Um, But Derek Shelton's reasoning, I'm kind of upset with, but I'm also not upset with it because it makes logical sense, is he told MLB.com that he wants to carry someone on the roster with more infield versatility than Frazier, who only plays the two corner spots, obviously, while others like Phillip Evans and Wilmer Defoe play all four positions. I understand that. But Phillip Evans is not the veteran presence that you need. Wilmer Defoe is a veteran infielder, but he's also still not really a veteran presence. And, I mean, you kind of saw Todd Frazier was just having fun this spring. Like, he really was. I fully expect a team to sign him, too. Like, I don't know if they're going to sign him, like, right away. But if there's a team, like, with injuries likely going to happen, and we've already seen some crazy injuries over the past week – I mean, a team that needs a backup third baseman or a backup first baseman of veteran presence could bring in Todd Frazier. And Shelton has also said, and this all also kind of sway into how the roster is going to shape out on Thursday. um, He also told MLB.com, I don't know if we're going to take 14 or if we're going to take 13 pitchers. If we do take 14 pitchers, then versatility is going to be really important. And I think that kind of led to the decision of cutting cutting ties with Frazier. And, That's an interesting dynamic, because as I've said on the podcast probably too many times for you guys to count, not a lot of pitchers are going to be pitching a ton of innings this year, because they're going to be going from a 60-game schedule to a 162-game schedule again. So the Pirates also have already flirted with the idea of having six starting pitchers, which if you have six starting pitchers, you're going to have seven relievers and one closer. I'm okay with that because you've already seen Stephen Brault go down with injury. He'll likely be out until uh, the end of April, and he was probably slated to be the opening day starter. But you also can give other guys like Will Crow, Miguel Yajure, David Bedner, Bednar, um, uh, can't speak, uh, Richard Rodriguez, Edgar Santana, maybe even a Luis Oviedo, Kyle Crick. Those guys can all get their like reps in, but their arms won't be dead by June. Like So that's a big thing, and understanding that, from that standpoint, you probably would like to have bench position players that can play anywhere. And we've already seen the Pirates move Cole Tucker back down to AAA, which I agree with that decision 100%. And doing that, that now basically means you're going to probably have Michael Perez or Tony Walters be your backup catcher. You're going to have Phillip Evans and Wilmer Defoe probably down there. Brian Goodwin will probably be the backup to Anthony Alford and the backup outfielder. And then that leaves one spot for like, say Eric Gonzalez, who can just play shorter second as Frazier and Newman will probably man the infield. And again, uh, it's just how it was. And for Frazier going into the deal, a roster spot was never like promised to him. It was a non-roster deal. It was a minor league deal. So, yes, it does suck to see him go. Um, I agree with the decision. It's kind of like an agree to disagree just because I do think Frazier would have been a very good option to have in the locker room. But, I mean, Defoe and uh, Evans will do fine. They're going to be asked to do a lot, which is why I think this team may lose a lot more games than they expected. And that may be another reason. Maybe this team doesn't really want to win this year. Like, I mean, they're not going to, but maybe they said, while Todd Frazier might win us a couple more games than we really want, do we want to have a top five draft pick in the 2022 draft as well to help the rebuild? That's obviously something that had to be in their mind. And again, uh, it looks like Evans is going to be the primary infield utility option. Uh, He did pretty well last year. I mean, he was... uh, 14 for 39, I believe, which I don't know what average that equates to. But it's not terrible. Um, he's done pretty well also in spring training, hitting 406. So Evans is a pretty good player, guys. Like, we're not – I mean, I think it's not – he's not going to be, like, game-changing, but he's still a good player. Like, there's nothing wrong with him. Um, Wilmer Defoe, he was an offseason acquisition. We'll see what he can do as a backup utility guy as well. But, again, just to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Make sure you head over to BuiltBar.com to check out their bracket, where they're uh, actually doing a bracket for all the flavors of Built Bar. 100% chocolate covered, but they are the best protein bars on the market. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Meaning, you don't have to be a new customer. You can be an existing customer like myself of Built Bar And still get 15% off of your next order with that promo code. And when we come back, Kevin Newman has a chance to absolutely shatter a spring training record. And we will be right back. Alrighty guys, and once again, welcome back to Locked On Pirates. And before the season starts... The Locked On uh, the Locked On MLB Division Series continues on Locked On MLB today. Every episode from now until March 31st this Wednesday it features in-depth looks at each team in every division. The uh, of course the Locked On MLB podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast including radio.com. Kevin Newman guys, um, and everybody listening. Kevin Newman this spring has looked ridiculous. Um so at the time of recording I did not include I'm not including uh his stats from the game tomorrow on Sunday against the Baltimore Orioles but uh either way you look at where he sits right now and he's sitting at a 714 batting average uh yeah that's pretty good uh, obviously I don't think that is going to happen over the course of the regular season because if it did, Newman would probably be the greatest baseball player of all time. Uh, but right now, Newman would have to basically not get a hit over the last couple spring training games. Which, if I look right now, obviously you have tomorrow against, or uh, you have the game on Sunday against the Baltimore Orioles. Then you have uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, Chicago. Or actually just Minnesota and Minnesota. So I do not know how like the math would work. But he would basically probably have to have about 9 or 10 at-bats in those two games to not break that record. So spring training stats only go back as far as 2006. Right now, Todd Linden um, is the leader in the batting average race for the, like, the best batting average in spring training history, which was in 2008. Of course, that has to come with a minimum of 30 plate appearances. And right now, it looks like Newman's going to shatter that record. It looks like he's going to hit almost over 700, if not over 700. And it's crazy because Newman was one of those guys who, of course, definitely suffered last year with everything that happened. Um, He just wasn't looking too great. Uh, And obviously, like... I am excited for this because you're going to get Adam Frazier and Kevin Newman in the infield at the same time, both who have looked really well. Like realistically, they have both looked awesome and I hope Kevin Newman can keep this going. Uh, If you want him to ask me what his projections were going to be, I would say he's probably, if he just continues to play like this, especially over this season, I would project him to hit like, 270 to 290 uh some uh some uh i can't speak today guys rotochamp their projections have them in the 260 270 range around that i can expect that because i mean i would want him to lead off like if he's hitting like this right now and then you put Hayes number two i don't know how they're really going to do it yet but if they do that that's going to be insane like i mean if he can just get on base and a lot of these uh, graphs are also saying his OPS is going to be a six, uh, around a 680 to a 7. So that's like also really good. And his on-pace percentage is going to be around, it looks like, a 312 to a 340. Wouldn't be too bad either. Um, but Newman... I think he's absolutely cemented himself as the leadoff hitter. I definitely think that is one thing you can look at right now and say, okay, Kevin Newman will be the leadoff hitter for the Pittsburgh Pirates to begin the year. So he will, of course, get the first at-bat of the regular season on Thursday, I think. I definitely think that happens. And, I mean, again, there was a big controversy at first with, how is this middle infield going to shake out? I even talked about it. Like, was Eric Gonzalez going to be in there? How well was Adam Frazier going to play, etc. But I think Newman and Frazier have easily cemented themselves as the infielders, uh, unless you really want to. Um, what's it uh, unless you really want to put Frazier in the outfield? But I mean, Anthony Alford looks like he's holding his own right now, and it's kind of nuts. But I mean, if Newman can break this record, that would honestly be really cool. Uh, it would just be something to talk, like to just look back on on this season and be like, "Wow, Kevin Newman broke the spring training batting average record, which you don't see often." Um, now, of course, Gabrielle Starr over at Locked On Red Sox said, "But how about home run leaders?" And of course, Bobby Dahlbeck is uh, up there right now. Shouts out to Gabrielle for being absolutely awesome for everything she does for our social media. But um, Kevin Newman, he's doing great. Hayes is doing great. The team looks good right now in spring training. Of course, I'd love to see this translate to the regular season, but we'll see how it goes. Um, thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in to Locked On Pirates. Of course, I will be here all day, every day, Monday through Friday, as the season kicks off this week. Again, on Wednesday, look out as I'm talking to Lucas Smith from Locked On Cardinals, Mr. LJ Fastball himself. I will be on Locker Room, the Locker Room app, available for iOS users This Thursday, covering the opening day game. I want to know from you guys on Twitter, do you want me to do a live watch or do you want me to just do post-game coverage? I will figure that out that day. Um, But I'll see you guys tomorrow on Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in and making me your source of Pirates news. And you guys have a wonderful rest of your Monday.